Hello, kittens. Welcome to House of Heretics, the podcast where Timothy and I drink coffee and talk about bullshit for your listening pleasure. We have some people in the chat. Hello, Jay. Hello, Betsy. You have all said good morning. I appreciate that. We have coffee and cats and everything is right with the world. But first, a few pieces of housekeeping. It has been brought to my attention that Patreon is having some serious issues with processing payments, and there are a lot of payments that are just vanishing. I don't know if this is a problem, if this is happening with me. Um, I haven't checked yet, but just kind of across the board, um, Patreon is not doing great. Um uh, so a lot of their payment processing is is falling apart. There are some people who aren't who haven't been charged for two months. Um, there are some people who there are some creators who just are not getting getting their financial support at all. Um, from what I understand, so you know I've been I've been contemplating a full transfer to Substack anyway um, because Substack is a wonderful platform and it. It makes my life easier because it does a lot of things um, on the back end that make my life just so much more. Listen, listen, Timothy, you don't have to go there. Timothy is laughing. You, your brain is disgusting. You degenerate monster. <laughs> it does thing. It Substack does things on the back end that make life easier for me. What is so <laughs> okay? Um, so if you have, <laughs> okay, it's gonna be one of those shows, Yay. it's okay. I know you can't help it, it's fine. Um, so if you have not already, do please consider uh switching your support to Substack. Um, and I think it'll probably be a better experience for you uh, because Substack is is awesome. Also, it means if you do switch, it means that the Sacred Tension Mains show, House of Heretics, and all of my writing will all be on one channel. It will all be in one place. And uh, so you don't have to like travel across the internet to see all the various things that I'm doing. It is all in one spot. So... Uh, however, Patreon will continue. My Patreon isn't going away. So if you just really fucking love Patreon, because that's where all your creators are, um, everyone you support is on Patreon and you have everything consolidated there, then please don't move. Uh, I will continue to be on Patreon and I will be happy to continue to take your money on Patreon. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. Anything else? Any other any other uh, housekeeping before we get started? Oh, also, um, dear listeners, if you are listening to the free preview of this, this is the paid subscriber podcast, House of Heretics. And if you like what you hear, you can upgrade to listen to the full episode on substack.com. So if you are listening to this on Patreon... Uh, or if you're listening to this on Spotify, the if you're listening to this as a free preview, go ahead, just go to sacredtension.substack.com. There is a there is a link in the show notes, and uh, you can subscribe for free or paid. If you upgrade to paid, then you will get this full episode. Okay, <clears throat> well, 
Obviously, we need to talk about Trump. <laughs> I would really, I would really rather not. But all I have to say about Trump is this: don't don't get your news from podcasters. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't. You shouldn't get your you shouldn't get your news from podcasters. Podcasters are the least reliable people ever. And uh, so don't get your news from Joe Rogan. Don't get your news from streamers like Hassan or Destiny or Vosh. And don't get your news from podcasters like me. Get your news about Trump from, you know, actual decent journalists who know what the fuck they're talking about otherwise we just spout off and say bullshit that is probably very unreliable <laughs> more than likely but anyway timothy what happened uh, <laughs> with trump, the third indictment uh yeah president trump got indicted on a, on a for the third time i believe it was on four charges um and this one related directly to the insurrection on January 6th of um, uh, 2021. And uh, it was a grand jury uh, indictment there. So it was, um, he appeared before uh, the magistrate. Normally that means at such time he was technically arrested. Okay. Um, appeared appeared before the judge. I'm imagining the really creepy underground judges in mm. in the Netflix show Sabrina, like the <clears throat> weird monsters with the with the cool hats. Is that what happened? I never. I, okay, I, go I, on. I, I, I sincerely doubt it. There were no. Uh, there was only um, like court courtroom drawings. No okay, photography listen, or anything the, like that. What's the point of having an indictment if there aren't cool hats? Well, he wasn't even uh, photographed. There was no booking um, mugshot. They could have had. They could have had cool hats and not be photographed. Uh, I don't think Trump would ever wear a hat. Well, except for his MAGA hat. Fair. Maybe okay. he was not. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is the opposite of cool. Okay. Yeah. So he he has been indicted for genuinely threatening American democracy in pretty horrific and astonishing ways. And this is, I think, don't quote me on this, this is, I think, the first time that there wasn't necessarily a peace, a peaceful transfer of power between between yeah. presidents. I mean, this is... This it, is yeah, very, very much so. It was the very first time that well, ever since, you know, normally the uh, former president sits in on the inauguration of the next coming president. Yeah. He refused to do that. Mike Pence actually did show up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Was... And, <clears throat> you know, it's it's so interesting how I think because of my job where I, you know, I as everyone knows, I work with the public. And so... I interact with a lot of Trump supporters and I interact with a lot of uh, progressives. You know, the town that I'm in is this weird mix. It's in Appalachia and it's in the South. So it is uh, very conservative, but also it has like these lefty enclaves 
Um, Asheville is nearby, which is a very LGBT friendly place. Um, so I feel like I, I kind of get to look into these alternate worlds, these alternate dimensions. And mm-hmm. the on, on one side, and of course, it's reductionistic to just talk about these as two different sides. It's obviously more complicated than that. But figuratively speaking, on one side, which I think is the correct side, you have people saying that this is a truly egregious and unprecedented breach in trust in this office in the in in the presidency and right and that this is the first time a president has done something particularly like this now presidents have behaved badly of course presidents have done bad things but this is like a new bad thing from what i understand in american history mm-hmm but then you have the other side who say that that no, you know, Trump is no saint, but he's a freedom fighter and he is um, he is being falsely maligned and he's actually kind of this victorious figure. And it's the and it's the far left and it's the liberals who are destroying democracy. And it's it's really disturbing to me how we cannot even agree upon the basic facts of what happened. And Mm -hmm. it feels like half of the country is in the far right fever dream swamp of right wing media. And you venture into that world and Trump is a hero. Trump is this is a freedom fighter standing up against the hypocrisy and overreach of the liberals and then you take one step to the left or you you know move it to or you talk to the next person who comes through your line at (laughs) working retail and the exact opposite is true and I think more than what Trump did, I am disturbed by the breakdown of reality. Mm-hmm. Like what Trump did was bad. I mean, there's no there's no downplaying the egregiousness of what he did. There's the added element, though, it would be one thing if we could all just collectively look at Trump and be like, yeah, what he did was shitty. I mean, it would be one thing if we could all look at as a country that we could all look at Trump and say what he did was wrong, what he did was evil and was a was a profound breach of of institutional power or whatever the case may be. It would be one thing if we could do that, but we can't even do that. We we can't agree on the reality that we're living in. Like what timeline are we in? And I find that almost more disturbing than what Trump did. Right. Like, just um, do you know? No, go on, go on, go on. No, I'm just thinking um, of the other time that we've gotten um, so uh, close to something like this. This was with um, Richard Nixon there, and um, 
I'm trying to. Oh goodness! Uh, the have you ever seen Frost Nixon or single play or anything like that? I actually, oh, I'm really glad. I was literally just about to ask you if there was a similar division of reality when it came to like Watergate. Um, like, did the country unanimously did? I mean, I'm did the country look at Watergate? and be like, yeah, that's fucked up? Or were there actually, like, pro-Nixon people who were like, he's a hero, he did nothing wrong? Uh, there were some, actually. Okay. Um, uh, Chuck Colson, I think, to his dying day, was a su- ardent uh, supporter of him. For those of you who don't know who he was, uh, Chuck Colson was... Um, he was one of the lawyers, I think. I can't remember. But he was in the Nixon administration. Yeah. And he actually went to prison for his role in the cover-up of the Watergate scandal. And afterwards, uh, when he was released from prison, he started a prison ministry. Um, that's that's what right. He was, and then he became a big evangelical figure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But the, um, there is this famous um, interview that Nixon did with uh, I can't remember the guy's first name. His last name was Frost, and there's a whole movie about it and a play. It started off with a play. It was called Frost Nixon, and it was based on the actual interview um, where this uh, journalist, a British journalist, who's mostly known for his tabloid stuff, uh, interviewed Richard Nixon uh, unscripted and was able to control the conversation. Um, and he talked about all sorts of things. It went over several days. But when it actually came to the Watergate scandal, the main thing that everybody remembers is this quote from Nixon where he and where Richard Nixon said, when the president does it, that means that it's not illegal. Right. right. Yes. And I think that sort of passed on to uh, Trump yeah. uh, where he, he has that same idea. And my my biggest concern is that for whatever reason, you know, I'm pretty certain he's going to be running for president as long as these, even with these trials going on. It's his only appear. way out. It's his, yeah. it's his, it, I mean, I might be wrong about that, but mm-hmm. if he has three indictments and serious legal trouble, the presidency might be his only way to escape that. And then he could pardon himself. Yeah, which is the most fucking wild thing ever. (laughs) Yeah, and that is the thing that, I mean, it's never been tried before. It's never been attempted, and there's no legal precedent for it. It would more than likely be challenged. It would more than likely go to the Supreme Court, but with the Supreme Court already stacked with three Trump appointees, more than likely... They would uphold it, um, yeah, but, but I, I, I let's I let's not even think about that. Um, exactly, <laughs> that's nightmare fuel. I mean, what is so morbidly fascinating about Trump is how truly amoral he is. Mm-hmm. And there are, how do I say this? I mean, the man just exists beyond any concern for right and wrong and good and evil. And he lies for the joy of it, it seems. He lies for the fuck of it, for the Mm -hmm. hell of it. And, you know, 
which kind of takes me back to the information landscape that we live in, which I find so concerning, where Jonathan Rausch, who of course is a writer who I really admire, in his book, The Constitution of Knowledge, he talks about how the far-right method of disruption is to quote Steve Bannon, flood the zone with shit, where Mm. you flood the communication channels with so many lies and so many half-truths and so many contradictions that people just give up. Mm. And that people just give up the the hope of knowing what is true. And he talks about um, historic propaganda campaigns and how a lot of totalitarian regimes would deliberately publish half-truths and contradictory information. And it was on purpose because mm. what that does is it makes people feel helpless and it makes attempts to know what is true feel absolutely helpless and i won't say that it, that that's a conscious ploy but it's happening the the far right is absolutely flooding the zone with shit and it make there is such a massive volume of lies and conspiracy many of which is coming directly from the president's mouth from directly from the president's face hole from the rave from the roaring maw of the president's own face that that level of disregard for just the mere concept of truth can throw i feel like can throw an entire society into kind of an epistemic despair just a despair of ever knowing what is true, a despair of ever sorting out the facts. And you see this. You when you talk to to normal quote unquote normal, whatever the fuck that means. When you talk to quote unquote normal people, a lot of them, they'll just shrug and say, I don't even know what's true anymore. Right. Or they all lie. They're all liars. I don't and and that's a really debased state of affairs, and I don't entirely know what to do with that. I got a couple thoughts on all of this. Part of it is those of us who are around the left thrive the best when we have somebody to rail against. Yes. Um, we all need a monster. Exactly. And which brings me up to that wonderful Jonathan Livingston Stone yes. Smith interview. That was so great. It was. I, okay. Speaking yeah. of which. That is one of the most important interviews I've ever done. Yes, I loved it. I listened to it um, very intently. It was one of the best ones I've yeah. ever heard Yeah, about it, how important it is not to view other people as a monster. And unfortunately, we on the left tend to do that. We do that. <laughs> we we absolutely do that. And yeah, everyone do please go listen to that interview it was one of the most personally impactful conversations i've had on sacred tension and you know there are small there's a small handful of of those conversations and i think that conversation